UFC 269 post fight thoughts. Dun, dun, dun. Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Follow me on Parlor at FightJunkie. Listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon. Basically, anywhere you can find a podcast, I'll be there. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Oh, wait. Hold up. Scratch that. YouTube deleted my channel. Um, let me think. Okay. I got it. You can also subscribe to the Rumble channel. Rumble.com slash Fight Junkie. Want live stream? Twitch.tv slash Real Fight Junkie. Amanda Nunez wins inside. You lose. Charles Oliveira. Okay, let's start with Amanda. We gotta start with Amanda. Unbelievable. Now, full disclosure, we did say Pena's best shot to win this would be to drag Amanda deep, test that cardio, get her tired, but we didn't think it would be two rounds. Amanda controlled the first round, and she was completely and utterly spent in the second round. And, in my humble opinion, I believe she quit. That choke wasn't even locked in, there was no hooks in. And she just tapped. Why did she tap? Because she was exhausted and she wanted out of there. She broke. She quit. I will always believe that. Heading into this, I was a little bit worried about her priorities. Not enough, obviously, to go against her and pick Pena. Pena does a lot of things wrong. And you could see that in the first round. You could see that uh, Amanda was able to land on her. You see that I was jacked up. Certainly that I would not have lasted five rounds. But Amanda had no gas tank whatsoever. This has plagued her earlier in her career. I mentioned it in the pre-fight podcast. You can check, double check, triple check what I said. It was a concern about Amanda and her cardio. But never in two rounds, never in my wildest dreams did I think that she would be that badly fatigued and exhausted to the point that she would basically tap to get the hell out of there in two rounds. She was pretty much doing what she wanted with Pena in the first round. And in the second round, even in the striking, where you could see that the exhaustion level was there and she was starting to get tagged from Pena, she was still landing her own shots. But right then and there, you knew that if she could not get Pena out of there, this fight was over. It did not matter if Amanda Nunez taps in that second round or not because she's not going to win the fight. You could see it on her face It was done. It was over. I don't believe she would have had the recovery in the cardio department to make any comeback whatsoever. And as long as Pena's eye didn't fall out of her socket and the ringside doctor stopped the fight, Pena was going to piece her up and probably still stop her, even on the feet in all reality. Because the, the sequence that led to the submission actually started on the feet when she drove Amanda back. And I really believe a lot of those sloppy punches that Pena were, were landing on Amanda 
really wasn't hurting her to the point that she was hurt, but a combination of getting punched and being exhausted. If you haven't been there, it's the worst feeling in the world. You're basically like a helpless child. And so Amanda clinched her. And then the next thing she got tossed. And the next thing she was tapping to get the hell out of there. You could see after the fight, Amanda had no problem losing the title. It almost reminded me of when Rose uh, lost her title the first time. And she was like, oh, the pressure's off. In my opinion, Amanda just has different priorities now. She's dominated the sport. She was a a two-weight belt champion. And I just think with the family and the wife and everything that they have going on, I just think her priorities have shifted. And I think you saw that tonight. I don't know what her preparation was. The fight got postponed previously. It looked like she was in good shape. People were saying that she made the weight comfortably, but... When have you seen Amanda gas in two rounds? You got to go back a lot of fights to see her gas in two rounds. And not only that, but in basically a round where she controlled it. And the next round she comes out and she's just gas, just flat ass out, got nothing. She was putting everything she had into that second round because she knew there was no chance she was going to be able to make it the distance against Pena. And Pena looked sloppy. I'm going to tell you the truth. She showed heart. She showed grit. She stood in front of Amanda and she took her shots, but her punches were sloppy. So it was very surprising to see Amanda not only get hit, but driven back from those punches. And that's why I said, it's got to boil down to preparation. And this is something that you have to take into account from here on out. I don't want to hear any of this nonsense about oh Amanda will be back she's gonna win this title she'll defend the other title whatever 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 it's possible but this is always or it should always be in the back of your mind because it's gonna be in the back of mind you have to question her dedication to the sport from here on out a lot of people were hoping we would get to see that Valentina rematch. I'm one of those who thought that Valentina was able to beat her in previous matches and didn't get the decision. That's out the window now. We're not going to see that. I think Valentina would have actually moved up to fight Amanda. And for some reason, the fight never came off. And that that's a shame because those two matched up really well. And obviously, if you got the Amanda of tonight, that's a, that's an utter complete mismatch with Valentina. And like I said, going forward, you have to be very, very cautious backing Amanda Nunez, especially if you're going to get wide odds again against somebody who's considered a no-hoper because that's what Pena was considered. Because when you look at everything, there wasn't a lot of areas where you thought Pena would best her. Right, You didn't think she would best her in the striking. And even in the grappling, like I mentioned in the pre-fight podcast, uh, uh, Jermaine subbed Pena. So it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that Nunez could could submit her. And it was opposite. It was Pena that uh, submitted Nunes. And it was really basically a fight that Amanda just threw away, in my opinion. She didn't, she did not come prepared. You're never going to make me believe that she came prepared because like I said, it's been a very, very long time that I can recall where Amanda guessed that hard. I mean, in two rounds, I don't think it's ever happened to be honest with you. In three rounds. Yeah. In her early days when she was fighting three rounders and sometimes we'll guess. Yeah. 
But in two rounds, especially during her championship reign, even at the higher division or this division, nah, that, that's not happening. And so, like I said, i got to question the dedication. She made weight, but I question the preparation because that was abysmal. Honestly, it's one of the worst performances from a champion I can remember. I mean, the first round she's over there, it looks like it's going to be a typical Amanda fight. She's over there smiling and grinning, and then all of a sudden she just hit a wall. And it's just, I mean, on a minus 1,100 favorite straight. And you just tap, tap. As soon as the going got tough, man, she knew those lungs couldn't get air. She knew the writing was on the wall. She knew she couldn't win the fight. That's not a look you want to see. A, from a champion, and B, from a minus 1,100 favorite. So many people got straight up burned backing Amanda Nunez, whether it was in parlays or straight bets or inside, whatever the case was, she screwed a lot of people in this fight and basically just quit in the second round when the going got tough. In fact, uh, the UFC put up on the broadcast, some doofus had laid like 300 and I don't know, 15, 18,000, whatever it was on Amanda Strait to win like 30 or 40,000. I was even talking on the socials when they posted that, obviously prior to the outcome. Yeah, I guess they've never heard of risk versus reward. I talk about you guys, I, I talk about that to you guys all the time on this podcast, risk versus reward. And that's a perfect example. We think Amanda's going to win. We break it down. We look at the strengths and the weaknesses. We give our opinion. But you also got to factor in these lines. There is no such thing as a sure bet. And it's proven tonight. And it was proven easily tonight by Pena. Even though she had to overcome some hard shots and a swollen eye. The fact of the matter is she was the tougher fighter. She was willing to walk through the fire to get that championship belt. And Amanda Nunez was not willing to do the same to keep the belt. Now, Charles Oliveira, who was the underdog heading into his championship title defense against Dustin Poirier. He did it. Third round submission. In my opinion, it was a line that was off from the start because people just assumed that the durability of Oliveira would be his downfall or his lack of durability. But there's two versions of Charles. This is Charles 2.0, and he proved a lot to me in that Michael Chandler fight. A lot of people just totally glossed over what he went through in that Chandler fight and thought for some reason that Dustin would be able to do what Chandler couldn't. In my opinion, even though Dustin landed some shots, he dropped them, he hurt them in the first round. It was nothing compared to what the Chan- what Chandler did to him in the first round. Absolutely nothing. I've said it time and time again. A different referee and Michael Chandler's the champion. That wasn't the case tonight. Even though Dustin had success in the first round, even though he landed some hard shots, even though he marked him up, even though he dropped him, he wasn't close to stopping him like Chandler came. I mean, a hair on your chinny chin chin close of stopping uh, uh, Charles Oliveira in their fight. Dustin did what we expected him to do, but people continue to underestimate 
how good Charles Oliveira is, not just in grappling, but overall. The dude can strike. If he gets durability, like what he's showing now, regardless if it's mental, if it's the weight cuts, whatever he's got going on, that dude is a damn dangerous dude because he was dangerous when he wasn't considered durable because it was always, well, you have to put him to a place where he doesn't want to be and then you can beat him. But until then, he's dangerous as dangerous could be. And now you hit him, you hurt him, you drop him. But if you don't put his lights out, the dude is still there. And his skill set was there. His cardio was there. He was on point tonight. Those knees up the middle, the front kick to the belly. Man, oh man, did those things take a toll on Dustin Poirier. The guy just has a tremendous amount of talent, and his story is amazing. He's a great dude. He gives back to the community. Same with Dustin. After the fight, Dustin told Charles, hey, I want to donate 20 grand to you for whatever charity you want to pick in your hometown. That is amazing. That is awesome. I love when you see that stuff in the sport. Doesn't always have to be jackasses that hate each other and do stupid stuff like Conor McGregor. And so that was really awesome to see. But people still are underestimating Charles. You saw that with the betting line. I'm not just saying this. You saw it with the betting line. We spoke about it in the pre-fight podcast. Again, check, double check, triple check. It was stunning to me. Like This guy's kind of not being disrespected, but he's kind of being overlooked again about how good he is because they just assume time and time again the heavier puncher will just overwhelm him put him in a bad spot and finish the fight but again when you look at him you need to start looking at Charles 2.0 because I think he's a different beast now and I think he showed that in the Chandler fight and I think he showed that tonight he had to go through adversity again and it's like he said in the post fight uh, post fight interview you know they can hit me I'm gonna keep coming and a lot of people didn't think he had that within himself But I think he's shown time and time again now, especially as a champion, you can't really underestimate him. And if you're looking at skill set versus skill set with anybody in the division, man, it's hard to pick against Charles Oliveira. It really is because you know what he does on the ground. And a lot of people gloss over what he does in the striking department, but you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that after he knocked out Chandler basically with one shot. And what he did tonight in the stand-up against Dustin Poirier, who many consider to be obviously the harder puncher, which I would agree with. One punch for punch, he's the harder puncher. But they consider him to be the better striker. I would say he might be the better boxer, but he's not the better striker. Riker. And I think you saw that tonight, that, that Charles Oliveira has far more tools in the toolbox than Dustin Poirier did, even in the striking department. Obviously, when he took his back, it was a matter of time. It was it was a position that you don't, if there's a position in a fight that you don't want to be in against Charles Oliveira, it's him on your back. Uh, Dustin pretty much said that exact same thing after the fight where he said, in the second round, I had him in guard and I just locked him down because I didn't want to give him my back. Because if you give up that back, basically the odds are you're going to tap or you're going to sleep. And you saw that with Dustin tonight. I hope that Charles gets credit going forward. I think he's going to fight Justin next. And that's a tremendous fight as well because you have another good striker and Justin Gaethje 
who people are going to say the exact same thing that he's just going to overwhelm him. He's a power puncher and throwing the kicks as well. He has really good kicks. Now that could be that could be a game changer. The 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 kicking to Oliveira's legs, uh, but that he's just going to overwhelm and you know as soon as Oliveira faces adversity, I wouldn't be surprised honestly if the line is close or if you have a similar line that you saw with Dustin where everybody poured the money in um, on Dustin and Charles Oliveira was the underdog come actual fight night, that wouldn't surprise me because for some reason people just have this in their head that Charles is going to be the Charles of old and that he hasn't improved. And I think that he has improved and I think that he's shown he's improved. And if you continue to get plus money on Charles Oliveira with that skill set, it's very difficult to not take that. Even if he ends up losing, it's still very difficult not to take Charles Oliveira as an underdog because of his skill set that he can beat people in almost any position that he's in. That is crazy talk. Listen to that for a second. He's got good enough all-around striking and obviously grappling that he can pretty much hang with anybody in any position that you put him in. Like I said, if you throw a little durability in there, sprinkle a little durability on top of that uh, blonde hair he's sporting right now, you've got a very dangerous man because he took everything Chandler could throw at him, survived, barely, but survived, came back, blasted Chandler out, took everything Dustin could throw at him again tonight, survived and came back and won the fight, knocked Chandler out and submitted Dustin Poirier. What else do you want from the man? That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will suck it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.